The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business on News Talk. And as you heard, Nifty Business is our sponsor and Nifty Business lease cars. And we said to them, listen, do you know the way you have a whole lot of cars? Can we borrow one, maybe two of those? And they said, yeah, sure. So we said, can we have the fancy ones? And they said, yeah, sure. So they lent us a BMW i4 and we thought, now that we have the car, what are we going to do? Thought, well, you know what we'll do? We'll go somewhere that somebody finds interesting and we'll find somebody interesting to find somewhere interesting. So where we started was one of those people where you discover... If you're going to be trapped in a car with somebody, he's not a bad place to start. He, of course, shot to fame originally being in Dumbelievables. Um, he then went on to be in his own uh, TV show on RTE. He has been in the number one Broadway show. He's done The West End. He has been in a number of significant feature films, including The Banshees of Inishirin. And he is doing his own both one-man show and one-man-and-his-daughter shows as well. So he is, of course, the one and only Pat Short. But one of the things that you wouldn't know about Pat Short, or at least I didn't know about Pat Short, is Pat Short's interest in art. So he said, well, I'll tell you a place that I like to go to, which is um, Thomas Street, because he said, Thomas Street is where I spend a lot of my professional career in and around Vicar Street. But Thomas Street also has a church that has the most beautiful Harry Clark windows. So we said, right, Pat, we'll take you to the church on Thomas Street and you can explain the windows and you can explain your interest in art. So during the week, I drove to the top of Stephen's Green, picked up Pat Short, he gets in the car, we drive round and we come down by Eli Place and a man waves at Pat. Pat waves back at the man. I, being a Philistine, say, who's that? Pat says, James Hanley. I say, who's James Hanley? And Pat proceeds to explain. He's an artist. He's actually, he's a great portrait painter. He's one of the best in the country. He does all the Taoiseachs. Oh. He, if you went to the Taoiseachs office, he all the paintings of the different Taoiseachs for the last maybe 20 years or so, he's been doing them. He's incredible, incredible artist. What's your interest in art? I never well, I went to art college. Um, what is it? In Limerick, yeah. Um, um, my wife went to art college. We, that's, we met there. She was a fashion designer and I did very little. A uh, bit of drawing, <laughs> photographs. And I left and went off and jumped into a van with John Kenny and started doing comedy. But uh, that, yeah, I, but ever since I've been, I'm, all my mates went to art college. Two of my brothers went to art college. So I kind of... I kept a healthy interest in it. Do you know what I mean? I and do you do it? Like, do you pay? I do, I yeah. do. When I'm on film sets and stuff like that, I tend to always bring a pad with me and pencils because inevitably, especially when you're on location away, you've always got downtime. You have a few days off mm. or something like that. And it's, I, I just love getting out, doing a bit of drawing. You know I, mean? I think that's the poshest thing anybody's ever said to me when I'm on film sets. <laughs> where I like to bring a sketch pad <laughs> in my trailer. <laughs> I, well, it's, it's, Dreadfully boring business uh, film sets. That's dreadfully. Is it? Oh yeah, you, it's it's um, it's like being a fireman. You know, hurry up and wait. Yeah, and long periods of silence, juxtaposed yeah. by moments of great oh, adrenaline. Uh, yeah, and running onto a set and these explosions going off and stuff. And you have to remember your lines. <laughs> you know, they've only one shot at it. But you know, it's like like it is. It's dreadfully boring. There's an awful lot of hanging around that goes on. It. And then you have days off, and if you're in a foreign country. You have to try and fill the time, and yet you can't go anywhere because you can be called back in. And, do you know that kind of thing? Is... And what do you paint when you're oh, doing that? Or I what do you sketch? Draw anything. <laughs> I like. But are you landscaping? landscaping. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of thing. Or just if I see anything interesting, I'll doodle and sketch and draw. And do you give it to people? Can no, you buy? Do no, you? never. No, never, never. Why? I'm too insecure about it. I know my problem is I know too many brilliant artists and drawers and draftsmen and. That I couldn't be, I couldn't put that up there. You know, it's just I, I, don't, I do it for myself. I don't really do it um, for anybody else. I've been asked to exhibit a few times and, and to enter group shows and stuff like that. Um, but I think it's people's 
morbid fascination rather than an interest in the task. There's no harm in that. <laughs> God, that's interesting, because I would have thought that doing what you do, you would have to have long since murdered whatever bit of you gets embarrassed. Yeah. I, sorry, that sounds pejorative, no, no, but it's not no, meant to be. No, you know, I get that, because it did take me a long time to get... I, I wasn't... I didn't start out as a comedian. I started out as a musician, playing jazz and, and saxophone and stuff. And I, I got up on stage with John Kenny um, to play tunes, not because John's a great musician and a great singer. And I kind of got to know him that way in playing future. But with John, it was not straightforward. You, it, it ended up being a sketch where you ended up stripping down to your underpants and pretending you're on the beach or something mad like that. So it was, it was a fair leap. And it took me a while to get to grips with it. I look at my daughter, Faye, who's an actress, and she's developed techniques from training as an actor uh, to the process and to do different things and kind of just immerses herself in it, which is fantastic. I love that. And I love working with actors and that, that trained that approach in that way. And they kind of shed all kind of, uh, I don't know, inhibitions and stuff like that. Mm. And, it, and, and it's about being the character and getting into it. It took me a good while to get into that because I wasn't trained, so I kind of had to learn the, the tough way. But some of your comedy has been like, there are comedians who, take a Jimmy Carr, he may have a, a stylized persona, yeah. but he's a joke writer. That's what he does, he writes jokes and he pitches jokes on stage to people. Your stuff is much is often more sketch-based, it's more performance-based, performance which based, is, yeah, you know, that's a lot of, I'm going to invest is, myself in it. it. It is, but I, it's also a great way to hide behind the character. And it's not me, and I, and that's what you're doing as a, a performer. Um, and, but the stand-ups do it as well. I mean, it used to amaze me. People say, "Gosh, you know, stand-ups," and it just it just comes off the top of the head. I don't know any stand-up that does that. I only know one, uh, and he's amazing. Um, I can't think of his name. That's <laughs> fine. Well, he's English. Well, he's, this is what I'm only discovering about you. The thing of remembering people's names. Everyone thinks I'm a brilliant because I come out on stage and go, "Oh, you're Tom Marion." I go back to that person and go, "Tom Mary, but that's in the script. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Anyway, every I worked with lots of comedians. A lot did support me for a couple of years, and they all do have routines, and they all have personas that they kind of hide behind as well a character to, to take on board and that's fine that's great you know but the, the audience sometimes think it's all off the top of the head mm. and of course any good routines generally speaking art there is some stuff that comes off the top of the head it's not you know but you wouldn't have a show just to, to do, do right, but I'm very interested in I, I watched um, I remember Louis C.K. There's a clip of Louis C.K. where he's starting his act he's about 10 minutes in a woman down the front says I love your boots and he stops and turns to her and says, maybe I didn't make this clear at the outset, there is nobody in the world where it's less appropriate to talk to them right now than me. <laughs> me and the pilot don't talk to us. And <laughs> you can see from his perspective, he thinks she's spoiling a carefully crafted and yes. timed gag. gag yeah. She just thinks he's being funny and she can be part and of it. And he'll go off into something yeah, like boots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, saying, no, 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 he no. has this time down yeah. to the letter. Yeah, yeah, but there are comedians that'll that'll go off on something, but normally it ends up in a bit of a disaster. <laughs> and they, can, but the other thing is too, you once you you can you can go off and ad lib, and I do it myself at times. Once you know where you're coming back to, and you got the gag lined up ready to land on it, and that way then you'll have a you know you'll have a good gag. You finish on. Uh, Does the so films compare? Because I've, I've. I can literally remember each time I've ever made a group of people laugh, in part because it's very rare. But mm. when it does happen, it's such an amazing feeling when you, when you know you can make a crowd <laughs> yeah, yeah. react a certain way. 
that must be hard to replicate when you're sitting in a trailer sketching, thinking big thoughts. <laughs> Who says I think big thoughts? <laughs> um, well, like, there, there's nothing like the live show uh, is, is probably what you're kind of getting to there. Uh, you know, in, in getting that immediate reaction back from an audience. Whereas when you're on a film set or a TV show or something like that, and you work on a gag, and you know it's funny, because it, like if it makes you laugh, it's funny, but you're delivering it with no reaction. And you have to kind of, that's the craft of it, I suppose. You know what I mean? You have to, you have to believe. I know, I know of one comedian in the past who was really, really good comedian. No names mentioned. Um, Agua. No, but, but that individual was doing a TV show and couldn't cut it because they almost, and it was a director told me, they edited it so much that they lost track of the fact that it was funny. Do you know what I mean? You've got to trust, if it's made you laugh, it'll make an audience laugh. That has to be hard. And that is hard. Particularly when you get to the surreal stuff, like when you're really pushing the boat out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you look yeah. at Monty Python, those guys. Incredible, I mean. Oh, but you mentioned the early days with yourself and John. Like, some of the unbelievable stuff, you think, geez, like, how did you put this on paper and think it would work? It clearly <laughs> does work. <laughs> you see, we never but, put that on paper. I know, I know what you mean. It was, it made us laugh. And that's how we, we put some of that stuff together, which was fairly out there and fairly mad. Um, it's true. And, like, myself and Faye still do that. Like, we... I, like the opening night of any show is the worst night of your life because you're walking out onto the stage especially when you're involved in the audience and you need them to make the gag work but you've never tried it in front of an audience because you've never done this in front of an audience before and you walk out there and you're thinking what's going to happen here that is the most scariest night and then it's also the most amazing night when it works because you come off and go, oh my God, it worked and <laughs> 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 now, now we have a show what's your preference? like if you take well, stuff I, like the, the Broadway, yeah. West End, the McDonald Productions, that kind of stuff. Is that easier because you can focus exclusively on, I am, I just have to act this. I don't have to write it, produce it. Yeah, in some ways it is. Uh, in, in, yeah, in some ways it is easier uh, to do that kind of way. In some ways it's not. I mean, I used to think doing comedy was tough. And then I did something like Garage, which was straight drama. Mm. That was very tough, you know, uh, getting into the character and doing it and pulling it off. So I kind of went back looking forward to doing comedy. <laughs> mm. So go back then to the thing of the the art and you never displaying it or... Uh, yes. Do you keep it? I do. I have, I have sketchbooks, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have sketchbooks uh, with stuff in it. I don't do a whole heap of it, Anton, but... Every now and again, I'll take out a book. It's very relaxing, thing about drawing, because you concentrate. It's a bit like fly fishing. You know, I, I used to do a lot of fly fishing, and people say, God, that must be a great place to think ideas and that. And I go, no, I'm concentrating on this little thing, getting it there, and, and oh, I'm going to get it into that spot. <laughs> I don't think of anything. I couldn't think of a worse place to be trying to think of an idea for work, because you're concentrating on the little thing on the end of the line to get it where you want to. Drawing's a bit like that. You're concentrating on the proportion subject matter and whatever it is and trying to get it all to scale and you know whatever colors shading all that there has to be a german word for that 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 activity which is it, it's the exact right balance of enough mental stimulation to stop you thinking about anything else, else yes but doesn't require massive effort yes the things what you learned in art college were going to church in Thomas Street, is that correct? Fascinating church. I, know, I'm not, I haven't been in church in years. And I, I, I used to gig in Vicar Street across the road from this church. And I must have passed it in when I was in the Tivoli there in, on 
what's called Francis Street and all that, and, and it's on Thomas Street. My brothers went to the art college there on Thomas Street, so I was in and out of the clock um, as much as a cuckoo would. And they, I never went into that church. I actually thought it looked quite Gaudian, you know, something you see in Russia. But I went in there once on a on a, a, a TV show, and there's an amazing stained glass window there by Harry Clark, and I was familiar with his work. I have, I have some of his sketches actually at home, but. He was, stained glass windows was his thing. Uh, he's he's beauties in Grafton Street as well, isn't he? I think so, yes, you're right. There was, there was Harry Clark windows in there. They're in different churches. And he had a studio up around here. And of the five stained glass windows, I think at the back, three of them are his, two of them are got by a guy, is he Healy's his name? But he, he, he studied under Harry Clark. Another interesting one, there's these 12 statues that are in there. And they were done by, I think it's John Pierce, who was Padraig Pierce's father. Oh. Yeah, so there's a lot of history in this place. The other one was the, the guy who designed it, the architect who did it, he also did the House of Commons in, in England. And was Harry Clark known, because you mentioned having his sketches, was he anything other than windows? Not that he needed to be, but I, I associate him only with stained no, glass. No, I think he did printing as well, drawing and printing, but it, it would be stained glass is what he's absolutely known for, yeah. So this is this is the, the, the church here on the left, Anton. And, and this is effectively where you, well, I was going to say grew up, but this yeah, is where you spent not, most of your career. It's not that I'd be very religious. How are you even? I would have gigged up here. Yeah, so Vicar Street is there and you've got uh, the Tivoli just around the corner. Would um, you miss the Tivoli? I thought it was a great theatre. Was it? Oh, I loved it. Uh, the Unbelievers kind of started out, well, we started in Andrew's Lane, but the Tivoli was a home for us for years before Vicar Street. And it was kind of in the round. So it was that kind of the theatre that you were on the stage and everyone was around you. Like, Vicar Street is, is a fantastic theatre. Funny, I, everybody I know who's performing in Vicar Street says that, that it's a gorgeous venue to perform in, lovely intimate venue. Yeah, well, like when Harry Crosby built it originally, I think he had Christy Moore involved in it. They talked to performers when they were building it, the architects, to kind of get the best vibe of it. And you can see it. You're in yeah. it. yeah, the audience is a huge audience, but they're no distance away from you. So this is the church. This is it, yeah. It's a stunning. You see the window inside it. They're incredible sizes. They're stunning, come aren't they? at the right time of day, the light coming from back. But it's funny, you can see, I mean, me being no expert in the area, you can see this. You know it was Harry Clark by looking. It's beautiful, isn't it? Stunning. Brilliant. Have you any desire to get mass while we're here? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> when did Vicar Street open? It must have been in the early 90s. Around that time, well, I didn't. Because I, I have it in my head has been relatively modern. It's one of the newer ones. Yeah, you kind of have it as that, but it's around a good while. Uh, during, yeah, with Seth and John, we were one of the first acts to play it. I think Christy Moore was the very first act to play it, and then we went in after it. Is a long run enjoyable? Or by the time you get to week five, do you think, oh, mother of the I, I can't to, do it again? I used to hate doing long runs in Dublin because we're near the summertime. And especially on Fridays, everybody out drinking pints and baggage street or something. <laughs> yeah. You had to walk through with your bag into the theatre. And it used to break my heart uh, looking at that. But no, it is enjoyable. It's great going back to the venue every time. You, you know, you, to walk out the door after the show without having to take all your stuff apart, take it down and everything else. Oh yeah, of course, never, there's no D-ring. You no, just arrive back the next day. The next day and set up and set your props and off you go again. And does it get to a point where you've done it enough that it's muscle memory? It is, yeah. You're at your best when you're painting when you, f you zone out and just think of something else. And I often think when you're on stage and you're, you're doing the show for so long and you're thinking, Jesus, what's, what, did I say half 11 to meet for that restaurant tonight? 
or should we are we going to the pub I can't remember. and you're, well, you're throwing on. lines out and you're acting away and your brain is off somewhere else would you like to see the copper stills yeah isn't that, beautiful? Isn't that gorgeous it's a funny it's a bit of the town that I never I drive through it regularly but I've never wandered and looked and it's a lovely spot to ah listen all the little streets around here funny I like I've walked every one of them at one time or another and I think I did two films around here uh, and you see, that's the one thing about doing films, you see parts of the world that you never ever get to. Of course. I'll go into it, you know. Well, Pat, as always, hey, listen, it's a pleasure. It's a great pleasure. Thank you very much. I really, genuinely really appreciate it because you're one of the people where, and not blowing sunshine up your arse, but you're one of the people where you don't have to worry what form Pat will be in so far. <laughs> so I'm very grateful. Thank you very much. It's been very no, it was enjoyable. a pleasure. It was a pleasure. The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business. Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.